morning, everybody. It is a perfect day for the Jimmy Palumbo Show. That's right. My name is Jimmy Palumbo here live from the undefeated media studios via also the Chop Sports Media Studios via downtown Wyckoff, also downtown Matawan. Of course, we're not really downtown Wyckoff. We're actually in the middle of like a, there's just this large, uh, uh, you know, commercial building in the middle of like a residential Super area. secret. No one knows exactly. We are like, we're from the suburban Wyckoff Suburban Because there is no, da- well, I guess there is a downtown Wyckoff. But that's it. That's my show here. Jimmy Palumbo. I'm here. I'm live. Coming to you on LinkedIn. Instagram, Twitter, Twitter, TikTok, and all those stupid social media things, um, trying to get clicks. Um, so I'm here on a beautiful month Tuesday. We had a little delay there for reasons I'll explain in a second. Uh, it's so good to be here. And of course, I've got my uh, Doug Friedman behind one glass. And as you well know, I have a lot of glass. And uh, I also have coming to you from downtown Matawan, Mr. Chris Gucci getting involved here. Um, and also, I'm sure Dave Sturcho is lurking in the background because I just gave him shit before and he was busting my balls from deep. I always love that one. Yeah, he, he yells he out. He just received the a middle finger from across the room from Dave. Via <laughs> I Dave. Can, but tell him I have a good middle finger sense. I can sense when he's uh, when I'm busting his job. Well, he could hear um, you, so he heard. He heard. Okay. It's okay. You can hear me. I'm talking to him. If you no, I know, but you told me to tell him, so I don't have to tell him because you essentially did just now tell him. Okay. You get right. it? Yeah. So uh, you, yeah, you had a nice, it, relaxed, a nice relaxed yeah. intro today. Yeah, uh, everybody, everybody's aggravated. Everybody hates the last me today. 15 Doug minutes, hates like me before the show, we've been at each other's throats. But you had a nice relaxed intro. I feel like you set the vibe. You let the music play a little bit, and you were like, welcome. It was, uh, I liked it. I, I think I you liked, liked it. it. Yeah. And then I got a little angry. It's okay. <laughs> No, we're all good. But, anger and uh, well, anger management. Yeah, that's the new. No. That's the name of this episode. Anger management. No, it's called. Sometimes we have bitter Jimmy days, which I don't really have. I say that facetiously. I can't spell facetious. No, but does anybody really know how to spell facetious? No clue. I, I bet Chris, if you went up to four hundred people, honest to God, let's we'll, we'll, act, we'll act like we're talking about a, a batting average now. Uh, well, I know Joey Gallo couldn't spell it, but. If you went up to 400 people, how many do you think could spell facetious within 10 seconds? I feel like I can right now. You can? I think I, the number, I think eight people can spell that right. Because I know right now no one can spell receipt. People struggle with Wednesday. So, I mean, it's just the way it goes. I no think F-A-C-S. Facetious, no shot. F-A-C-S-I-E-T-I-O-U-S. Okay, I, Too many letters, I can't even the check. The problem them. is, I don't. I, 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 we have. Well, I we can check the tape. Right That's the beauty of it. We'll check the tape. That was my. That was my best stab at it, off the top of my head. I'm. I'm I think everything should, should be spelled like facetious. Um, be definitely won the school twenty seven. School twenty seven spelling bee a couple times. So I'm definitely. Oh, you did. So you're a speller. Yeah, Pennsylvania See, Avenue. This. Were you school on ESPN? No, 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 no. no. See, I'm <laughs> white. I'm. I'm white. I'm not. I'm not that good at spelling. All right. All right. Well, listen, I was uh, I was only a, an average speller here at Shea. Spelling day here at Shea. But of course, this is show number 67. What a weird opening of the show today. And we're kind of rambling on here from the Omni. I'm wearing my 706 shirt, which I can't even see what I'm looking at. Uh, and my Rutgers hat because um, I'm, I didn't play softball this week and Rutgers didn't do anything this week. So that's why I decided to bring it back. 
My 706 shirts are available at Chop Sports Media. Go click on my merchandise. Everything's selling like hotcakes. You can get a 706 shirt, a Jimmy Palumbo so shirt, and also a Getting Involved shirt, which was uh, coined on the Scott Farrell Show, Sirius Radio, Sirius XM when I was there. But this is show number 67. All right, now listen. Again, I'm going to do this for Dave. I'm just going to give a shout-out to Taj Gibson on the Knicks. He's number 67. <laughs> Me and Dave probably both think he stinks. Um, also, Matt Blake, the Yankee pitching coach. I don't know if you saw that, Chris. Uh, he's number 67. But I got to go with a kind of a, a unique one. But I didn't realize he was actually and, – and you'll love this, Chris. He was actually, like, not, not a pro bowler. But, like, there's something to say in the NFL when you start for, like, 10 or 11 years. And it's also a rare, a rare player that played for the Giants and the Green Bay Packers. You probably know who it is. Already. Okay. And he's from New Jersey. It's number 67, Billy Ard, left guard. Uh, he was an eighth-round draft pick in 81, same year as LT. LT went a little ahead of him. Um, he played at Wake Forest, and uh, he's from Wachung. He still lives there. He won the Super Bowl in 87 with the Giants, starting left guard. He was eight years with the Giants, 81 to 88, and then he played three years with the Packers. And pretty much of the 11 years in the league, 11 of them, he started every, you know, 15 out of 16 games, 16 out of 16, a couple of strike years. He still, he pretty much started, you know, uh, and I, I, you know, even now, I guess maybe the players don't last as long. I don't know stats like that, but like he pretty much like when you go from one team to another and then you, and you're like an offensive lineman, and then you start for three years with the other team. Like, like he's eleven year NFL, never made the Pro Bowl, won a Super Bowl, and pretty much sounds to me like he played left guard, and nobody bothered him over there. Uh, he was one of Parcells' lunch pail guys, and he's a Jersey kid, and he was number sixty seven. So that was like right, to, uh, right before, right before you got paid really handsomely to play any position in the NFL. So he was like right on the cusp. I almost feel bad for that era of of ten year veteran because they really never got that the new money that right. some of the guys got right got after him. Side. Yeah, and, I, and the reason why I really remember him, this is so funny. My buddy Venditti's gonna drive off the road. There used to be it was a photo, and I looked for it online. See, if I had an assistant right now, I would be telling her to Google this. But I tried to Google it, and I couldn't. There was a photograph of a guy in the upper deck, probably of a preseason game, probably his buddy from Watchung. And he held up a sign and just said, let Ard be your guard. They were probably trying to get him, like, to hopefully start. But the Giants in 1980 stunk. So and he was an eighth-round pick, which back then wasn't that bad. So he actually moved right into the starting. Uh, I think he I think he started every game starting in 82. But 81, he played an awful lot. Um, but I just remember that photo, let Ard be your guard, which is – if your um, name is Billy Ard and you play guard, that's kind of cool. Um, yeah, that is – that's about his um, best claim to fame probably, plus 10 years Packers-Giants, obviously – a little, so a little close to home, bro. I'm looking. I looked through the 67 list, and there was some it, guys it, in there, though, bro. Maybe in your era, I think maybe more for you. There's only no, like three guys. or four guys that line. really jump out at me, and really none of them were all that great. Unless there's some Hall of Famers that I just don't know from way back when. I'm sure there's not like Hall a Hall of Fame quarterback that wore 67 that I'm not thinking about. But since I don't really have a good one that played any pro ball. Um, the number 67 always jumped out to me because my father never shut the fuck up about it as if he made the number famous. So left guard, we're going to stick with guards for the Irvington campers class of 1971. <laughs> my dad, 
so, so your dad, he's a, he's a loyal listener, he, he's uh, definitely a big Jimmy Palumbo fan. So giving him the shout okay, out on all, the episode. First of, all, first of all, this is why, again, again, the ability for Chris Gucci to be horrific. He's definitely like Rizzo or Gala. Okay. He he announces the number 67 in, in, in almost a shitty way. And then he comes back with a beautiful, uh, uh, you're going with your dad's number that he played in high school. That should have been, you should have been guys. I, I mean, I think there's a guy named Bob Kuchenberg who was 67. Do you remember him? Yeah. He's an old. But your dad is number 67. That should have been. I should have let you go first. It's after well, Father's well, Day. Honestly, I looked and I was going to mention it regardless, but I didn't know. And yeah, you're right. It is the the Tuesday after Father's Day, so it is nice way to pay. And homage. he's a Happy fan Father's of the show. Day. I mean, I can't find any negative of that, other than your father was probably not that good. And and the team name, the, Irvington, the Irvington Campers. I mean, that if that's not 1950. Esque right there. You're not going to see. I think I they changed it. it since. I'm sure they did. I don't, I don't the know camps camp in Irvington right now. Last I checked. Yeah. But, uh, that's great. <laughs> I actually got Chris to laugh. That's a rarity right That there. is good. That is good. I have to I plug in my laptop, so you're going to lose my head. Joke. One second. <laughs> we got technical difficulties with, with Chris going on here. He comes back. Um, no, yeah. I just didn't charge my, my laptop, and I didn't want to dip out mid-show. So we got uh, Mr. Gucci at number 67 for the Irving or Carl Gucci, right? Senior. That's how he goes by. Is it Carl, yeah. right? Yeah. Carl oh, Gucci senior. Number 67. Carl Gucci senior. He's on my Facebook. Number 67 for the Irvington campers marching downfield against a very tough East orange team here with six seconds to go roll off tackle behind Gucci touchdown. Irvington that is good. Campers. That's good. Uh, so, and also I'm going to go with Billy R giants, uh, offensive lineman from a thousand years ago. I didn't realize how good he was in the fact that it's pretty hard to start that long in the NFL. So, uh, listen, our next, uh, our next segment here, um, you know, by the way, Billy R was only six, three, two sixty five. That's way light for left guard now, right? Yeah. Like there's definitely been some days that, that that Mr. Gooch was a little bit bigger than Billy R. We'll just say uh, that no never had him at the, in the height department, that? but definitely had him in the 265 department. I'll say that. Okay. All right. Well, I'm struggling here now myself because I wanted to, um, where the hell is it? I can't find it. I probably lost it. Of course I want to jump to, we really don't want to make it a weight segment anymore. You weren't here last week. I came in like 0.8 pounds under this week, father's day. Uh, and, and last night, Listen, I know I've been more active. I think I look a little leaner now, uh, but I just have some days where I get, again, I would never make it as a mouse because I would die first in the mousetrap. I would just stroll over to a Ritz cracker with peanut butter on it, and I would probably invite all my like I would be the guy with eight people in the mousetrap. Like, I'm like, guys, it's peanut butter in Ritz crackers. How can we not eat this right now? And so I was bartending last night, and – I was eating protein bars, and Chris, she's totally going to relate to this, okay? Eating protein bars, feeling good all day. I was doing the, the, the Powerade zeros and, you know, blah, blah, blah. Moved around. I went for a walk, the whole nine yards. Some asshole orders two turkey club sandwiches with french fries and never picks it up. Mm. So I don't know this. I didn't take the order. So the owner, as I'm leaving, he goes, hey, Jimmy, I, you know, you want to just take this club sandwich home? And I just went, I said yes to him as if like, not like acknowledging the diet. I was like, yeah, yeah, I'll take it home. You know, of course I got home and I opened it up and the French fries were too soggy. So I threw them out. So that was, then I realized, what am I doing? 
but I threw the French fries out, so I thought that was part of my diet. Throwing French fries out. Well, it could it could have okay? been worse. It could have been he left a che- two cheeseburgers. At least it was a turkey you're right, club. You're right. You know that also is validating then, the poor choice, was, though. You know. Right, but then I realized, okay, so then of course I had to like, I got this big plate out, and I I said, wow, it's a lot of bread in the club sandwich. So I started to literally dissect this sandwich. But then I had I don't like dry food, so I had to put a little mayo around it, not too much. So and I, but it was also midnight, twelve thirty, and I devoured bad, uh, this bad turkey choice. club. Bad choice, but I mean, um, I really I didn't. It was just turkey, really. So it's not the end of the world. But you don't need to eat at midnight. I could have had like a protein bar. I got away with it. So I came in today uh, on my way, and we're not going to go into detail about it. But I did come in, uh, sadly, at. Um, at 299, which the rule was you didn't want me to go over 200 and the segment ends. So, okay. So I'm guessing the, 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 the Turkey club is still involved. So we're going to just skip. A, I know you're laughing at me and it's I, it's a rough, uh, rough week, rough week, rough week, but I'll be back uh, as long as I'm under 200, the segment can't end. Uh, but it's also, I got to tell you, and I can't find this slip of paper. It's sponsored by absolute eyewear. That's right. Absolute eyewear, where Jimmy has no paperwork on it to read off all the pl- things. Jimmy, you've done uh, live read thirty nine times. I know. Right? I, I like to, I like to read it right now. And all I hear, all I hear is that I got the back page, so I know their number seven three two three two six eyes, e y e s. That's right. Um, they're all about customer service. I love the back sheet I'm reading here. I probably left it here last week. Um, but go see Craig and Johnny Michaud, Absolute Eyewear. They're on Main Street in Woodbridge. They got all the glasses there. They got all kinds of discounts. They got all kinds of sales going on. They got high end, low end. They do contacts, exams. They got a guy on site. They're there all the time. It's Chris and Janine, their brother and sister. Craig. Uh, good friends of the family. And they are closed on Wednesday and Sunday. Now, Chris, <clears throat> why are they closed on Sundays? That's football Sundays, of course. And Wednesday. That is softball Wednesdays. Now, Jimmy, you said Chris and Johnny, and it's Craig. I just wanted to give you Craig a, and John. I'm sorry, Craig, Craig and Johnny. Um, uh, and I did see them this week. So yesterday, I want to give a shout out. I want to give a shout out to my friend Jean Marie, who's going through some uh, some treatments in the hospital, and she should be out doing really great. And also, um, my uh, my good friend Hank Heidocker, who. Um, is very involved with the Rutgers tailgates. I think he's going to be there Sunday at the chop sports thing at Merrill park, which we'll talk about later. Uh, his mom passed away. Um, and uh, it was a beautiful service we had for her. So a shout out to Hank Heidocker, Hank Heidocker and his mom. Um, Hank did a really awesome job of taking care of his mother and father who passed away a couple of years ago. And, uh, he's the leader of the pack at the Rutgers tailgates which Chris. You've been to a few times. Um, he's an Avenel kid. And uh, so shout out there. Um, so that's it. So that's it. My weight. Listen, I didn't go over 200. I don't want to make a big deal about it. I'm still in training. I'm in between fights right now. There's no fight. But the, I'm going to set something up for the opening day Rutgers Boston College game. That is going to be my new fight. But it hasn't been announced. I'm not going to go too early with it. Um, and that's the way it's going to be. So that's it on that. The weight segment of Jimmy Plumbo Show. And absolute eyewear. Go check it out. Craig and Johnny, Main Street, Woodbridge. And again, 732-326-EYES, which nobody uses that anymore, which is great. I think I should only do that. All right. Now a word from our sponsor. No. Uh, so, yeah. Well, 
We'll talk about – I actually think this is a horrific sports time now. But it's really good for you and I, Chris, because it's just – it's baseball time now. And yeah. baseball in New York, Yankees are playing well. Mets are playing well. Yankees had a couple of odd games. I thought – I thought some of the games this week you started a little cracks in the in the in the down in the in the in the in the engine room maybe a couple of drips coming through that we didn't see uh, their bullpen just had a, a couple of bad days after being really the reason why the Yankees are this good is really the bullpen they yeah but just just to pour cold water on the whole you know some 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 holes in the Yankees game. I'm talking about idea. the bullpen. The bullpen. They don't have many holes in their game with the guys in their bullpen particularly with that they've been using in high leverage situations. The guys that gave up these runs, they had big leads and they weren't high leverage guys. It wasn't like they blew right. a two run lead to a, in a situation well, where they were bringing in clay Holmes or, or someone that they're Sunday, asking to get big out Sunday. They win it though. Sunday, the bullpen completely blew the game. And yesterday, yeah, but my point being is it was two exploded. guys. It was two guys that you wouldn't have seen in a game. If it was close, True. they brought them in close. because they had a huge lead and they just imploded. So those were guys that we we bring in, in in games that we should have in the bag, and allowing well, three or four runs won't matter. They just gave up six. So I don't think the Yankees bullpen is. Uh, I I, I want to see. To me, a good bullpen is October sixth, Friday well, night game. Somehow, course, Red Sox. Of course, but back you got to get there, you and you're at Fenway there. in the seventh inning, and Yankees are up three to one with second and third, and Devers is up, and the right fans now, are screaming. It's a little chilly. That's what right I now the Yankees have uh, the best bullpen in baseball. I don't know what what bullpen in the league you'd want to trade theirs no, for. No, no. Listen, I don't think there is I'm, any. I just said the last two games the bullpen did blow uh, it blow the game. They blew the yeah, game. but again, um, I mentioned not much that to say about the Yankees. They're two guys, great. two guys that will not make the playoff roster are are who blew those that those you games. Know. You never know. Bottom line, they were. Uh, the, uh, there's really nothing. Listen, the Mets and the Yankees are playing great ball. I will tell you this though. I, I I've been mocking out Rizzo, Higgy, and Hicks, and since last week, all three of those guys have actually played pretty well. I'm still going on record. I don't care what anybody says. I am not a Rizzo guy, and I I just I just I just don't think this guy's that good. Um, uh, Gallo is it's it's so clear now that he. Uh, well, I I just don't see how Gallo even maybe makes the playoff roster. You can't put a guy on a roster bat 180. And I don't think his average will go near 200 the rest of the season. Um, Higgy, of course, still stinks. Uh, but I tell you, breaking news just came in. I don't know if you saw. Um, Jimmy Palumbo is announcing that for the first time this year, I have to do it. I have to put Giancarlo Stanton on in my stinks list for the week. He, uh, he His batting average is dropping. He doesn't seem – I know whenever he comes back from an injury, even though he hit one home run, it always takes him like three weeks. So when Giancarlo gets hurt – Always had three or four weeks, and then he comes back on the tip. But he's been playing lousy, not great in the field either. And uh, so I'll put John Carlo, my guy. He's my guy. I still think he's their best player on the temporary stinks list. Now, the other thing that came across my desk, okay, uh, as Chris sneezes, God bless you, Chris, um, is I read something like Lindor with more RBIs than Judge. I, I think you guys covered it on your show. Um, but I, of course I had to go to the books and I was laughing at judge judge leads by far in every category over him, except for, uh, freakishly. I think it's a freak of nature, uh, RBIs and they're only like two or three off. Um, and I realized that, uh, uh Lindor, I think 
is there's no player in New York that's well besides Gallo and Rizzo that are benefiting from a team playing well and Buck Showalter being the star of the, the Mets is this guy Lindor. I just refuse to believe Vinny from Queens is going to let this kind of 240 uh, go on. I mean, uh, he makes Aaron Judge. Really, I I, I guess you were right. I, I thought when they when they offered uh, Judge 230 million. And then I realized that Lindor's making three hundred forty-one million. I actually think, just judging the two of them side by side, I think Judge deserves to get a five hundred million dollars. Well, that was the whole point when you're looking around baseball, and we're like, who are we comparing Judge to? Other guys that have also dealt with injury history that are also getting paid a hundred million dollars more than what the Yankees offered. It's like, and he was the, I mean, the home years. Were, the years were lower, but he signed a ten-year three forty-one, and I, I, I think. Like the minute the Met the Mets will do good this year, they'll make the playoffs. Who knows how far they'll go? But I I just don't understand. I I I know batting average doesn't count anymore, which I feel bad because you know I wish I knew that I would have ran down to Yankee Stadium. Maybe I could play left tonight. But I just don't understand. This guy gets. I, I feel like he's been like he got a little hot in April, and then he, I just don't think he. I don't think he's that good. He's a decent fielder, right? Good no, fielder. He's a good fielder. Um, he's a good fielder. Yeah, he's a good fielder. Fine. Um, and that's good. You need to have that. But you can't say um, that he's a decent fielder because then it makes it sound like all the other points you're going to make are coming from a shitty standpoint. You have to say like, all right, I give him that. He's a great fielder because he is. Okay. There's no doubt about that. He's but I do agree okay. with you at 240. Batting 240, the RBI is definitely somewhat of an anomaly, but his batting averages does go up significantly with runners in scoring positions. So that's important. You want to see those trends, but 240 is 240. And 340 is 340 when we're talking about millions. Well, that's and the thing. I agree. When we talk about Rizzo, like when Rizzo bats 240, everybody's ready to put him in the Hall of Fame. He's a shortstop Soriano. Really yeah, good player, I mean, but he has major holes. And I think and he goes as it goes cold. deeper into the season, you know, those could be exposed. You, let me ask you this. Do you think he's worth $341 million? Absolutely not. There you go. That, that's my point. And I think Met fans will turn on him as they did last year, a little bit year before. Well, yeah. Like, I know the... I, I just don't. I don't think he's having a great season. The Mets either. fans, Mets fans wanted him so bad that they'll they'll also have yeah, a longer listen. leash because of how okay. bad they wanted him. Well, listen, I say that he he's on my stinks list. Along with like Giancarlo hasn't gotten hit in three weeks, he's still batting higher than Lindor. The which that's amazing to me. Um, the and Giancarlo now is like a bargain basement player. Um, but sometimes in life, a team has to sign a guy. Just because they have to sign a guy, you know, and the Mets were, you know, entered into this thing and they just, they had to get a big splash and they did. And that's, so I'm not saying the Mets did a bad job of signing him. I just think this guy's really just not worth the money. Vincent uh, is saying that his career average is 276. Right. Which means he's been in the league a while and now he's 35 points below. Do you think, do you think he'll, he'll never get near 276? He asked me. So I mean, you know, no, I wouldn't say I, never. I love it. My look, boy Vinny's chiming in. That's that's a that's a that's a Vinny. I didn't get to you yet. He could bat two seventy six, Jimmy. He could bat two seventy six this year still if he gets hot and and really hot. He's definitely capable. I don't know that listen, he will, but I wouldn't listen, say I never again. He's still I, I actually still fairly young. I, I've watched more Met games um, 
this year than I have probably in 10 years. They're fun to watch. Um, and I love it. And I don't, I think they, I think they have a pilot now and I don't think the Mets are going to have, they may slide for a little bit, but you know, a couple of weeks, like everybody does the middle of July or August or something, but Buck Showalter, they got talent. They got, they got, they got Alonzo. They got, they got pitchers coming back who are like borderline Hall of Famers of their own. Um, uh, the Mets are, Mets are not going anywhere. The division stinks. They play Carteret, Linden and edit and JP Stevens in the division. But you can never count out the Atlanta Braves. They're always capable of winning 16 in a row. Uh, the Mets are fun to watch. Listen, this is baseball in New York now. It is awesome. Uh, you know, it's funny when you watch Eyewitness News now in the sports, you know, the Mets and Yankees have a really cool game. And the news comes on in the sports report. You're like, oh, they get like some decent highlights of guys hitting bombs and stuff. So I just think, I, I just don't think he's that good. And most Mets fans, unless you're busting balls, really don't. Don't think Lindor's that good, but that's my Vinny from Queens is still alive. Not Vincent from Queens, Vincent from Chatham. But um, uh, I guess I could, I'm going to get to that later in a second. So, um, yeah, the Aaron Judge thing, I guess they were just busted. Ball. No, I'll get, rid, I'll get to it right now. I played golf on Friday with um, like, I don't know, 50 uh, fraternity brothers of mine from Rutgers back in the 80s. What was funny was I was the youngest one there. I was a class of, uh, Class of 87. Most of the guys there were the class of from like 85 to 81, really. Uh, but some of the guys hadn't been hadn't been in, Jer- in New Jersey in like 35 years, 40 years. They left in 83. They live in Arizona. One guy's flying fighter planes. And, uh, uh, you know, uh, guy, uh, this guy, Vinny, ran the whole thing. Uh, backyard party. We played golf. I, again, golf. Uh, <clears throat> This is my golf game at this point. First of all, I'm using clubs that are 10 years old. When I bought them used 10 years ago, <laughs> these clubs are from like the 80s. They got rust on them. But um, I do have a decent driver, as I was told by my buddy TR, who told me, hey, Jimmy, that driver is actually pretty good. Um, I uh, There was one hole. We have to cross the highway on a road and get in. A bunch of guys were watching, not in our group. And I told the guys in my group, and every year I say the same thing. I say, uh, um, uh, I say, I'm going to hit a bomb off the tee. Like, it's coming. I'll get one. And with a bunch of people watching, I hit a bomb dead center field. <laughs> you know, sometimes they have that white line in the middle of the fairway. I guess I don't know what the hell they have that for to see if you're left or right or whatever. I don't know what it's for. Maybe for drones or something. But it was three inches away from the white line, about 260 yards out, dead center it was an awesome drive. And on the last hole, I used my buddy's uh, driver, and I hit a complete bomb, uh, you know, deep over the, over the little over the little uh, waterway that no one hits it over. But the rest of my game, and I did hit a birdie putt. So I had three shots the entire day. The rest of my shots, it got to the point where, like, I, I almost didn't want to, like, ah, you guys, it was a scramble. Like, ah, I don't need to hit. Like, my putting was, my putting was, like, like, I really honestly think my putting, if I gave my daughter like 20 minutes lesson in golf, I think my daughter at 13, who doesn't play any sports, would have been able to putt as well as I did. Like, she, I would have said, Nat, hit the ball towards that hole. Like, that's how bad my putting is. And then forget about if I'm like 170 yards away from the hole, I can't do it. I don't have the skill set. <laughs> I don't know what club to use. I don't hit the ball right. The ball, I either hit it six feet or 7,000 feet. I suck at golf, but I love playing. It was fun to see the guys. 
Where's your audio? Your audio's gone. Yeah, we don't hear you anymore. I hear you now. Your audio there? I knew you weren't chiming in. You're gone. No audio. We lost Chris, which means maybe it's sabotage day here, Shay. Um, anyway, Is that better? Uh, Chris, that's better. There you go. So, yes, Chris, I played golf, and I was lousy. Um, but we had some beers. We had some fun. And uh, it was a good time. And it was really cool to see some of the guys when I was a freshman and sophomore, the older guys, um, you know, finding out what they're doing. And so many of them who were such crazy bastards back in the 80s are actually very successful, three kids, very calm. But it's funny to look at a guy and be like, God, that guy was such a party animal back in the day. And now they all got careers. It's just, it's really, uh, it's cool to see. So it's good to be back with some Kappa Sigs and my buddy Frank Felice, who was a ball boy for the Knicks, getting involved. How great is that? He was a ball boy for the Knicks. How cool Yeah, how do you get that job? Like, is there an application? He was explaining to me. He did uh, some stuff in Staten Island with a guy. No, a, a Jersey with a guy. And he was helping out. And then that guy got the job uh, in charge of the ball boys. And he just wanted to bring his guys in. So he called up. Frank and said, and his other buddy and said, you guys just do it. It was like a weird way he got it. He did it for three years, which is cool. Um, so he got to know everybody at the garden. So that was fun to hear. Um, but it was a good time. Also, shout out to my buddy, Scotty Taylor, um, uh, who, uh, Scotty Taylor, you know, a veteran Kappa Sig from the 80s. He came out and you know what he did? He tried, he tried to throw 105 miles an hour through the first three innings. And in the fourth inning, he had to be taken off on a stretcher. <laughs> he was he was uh, he wasn't able to really compete at the grill afterwards. And another thing, and uh, Vinny just brought up, uh, I became like Patrick Ewing at the grill. I realized that uh, Vinny, you know, he planned a perfect thing, but he had very poor planning on the grill guy. Someone has to be the grill guy. And I said, you know what? I'm going to be the grill guy. I'm going to step up. I'm the youngest Capasig uh, here. And I stepped up and I was the grill guy. And uh, uh, for the most part, I think I did a halfway decent job. It was very, very, very complicated food, hamburgers and hot dogs. <laughs> so that was, uh, it was probably the easiest grilling going there. But uh, I had to make sure, you know, when you have like your grill and you throw shitty utensils under the grill and they stay there for like four years, but that's not the one you use. You keep the good ones inside. You bring them out, you know, your wife cleans them, blah, blah, blah. But when someone else is manning the grill, I'm looking down and there's utensils that were there for like, you know, five years. I'm like, I was like, Vin, uh, can we, uh, we're not going to use those. Oh, he's, he looks at me. No, 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 I got all. So we had to get like fresh reserves from the kitchen. Hey, if you want to man the grill again on Sunday. Uh, no, I will not be doing that. I, I do I it know, once I a know. year. I was just, I was just messing and with you. You know what? I'm, I listen. I'll get behind the grill, grill another, you know, blow another eighty dollars shirt. What movie? Um, but it was a good time. But my golf game, and it, I really got, I realized I got to get new clubs. Even though I'll still suck, I have to get new clubs because, like, my bag looks it's dusty. Just because you look like a jerk off with the old clubs, basically. Yeah, you just look like, you know, I don't even have the thing where the legs kick out. You know what I'm talking about? I have to, like, lean my bag straight up. It's, it's. A, I have, like, a, I'm missing clubs. I don't think I have, like, a four iron or six iron or whatever the hell it is. And I can't read the letters. Well, look, the nine looks you, like a six. You could have stopped that. My clubs have rust on them. I think that that, yeah. that right there is a clear indicator that it's time. Right. But the funny thing is I still am a better driver than you are. That's my whole point of this whole thing. I, I, and just, I, I wholeheartedly I'm, I'm disagree than you with that one. We, I'm better we than could, you we could easily, We could easily uh, okay. figure that one out. 
Sports that Jimmy's better than, okay? Pickleball, tennis, golf. What else? You have yet to name a sport. Golf's not a sport? No, I'm I'm joking. It's more to me, it's more of an activity, but yes, it is a sport. You know what? Free throw shooting. That's not a sport either. Free throw shooting is not a sport? Yes, it no, is. No, it's not the a sport. The world series of free throw shooting. Good evening, everybody. My name is Jimmy Palumbo alongside Chris. We are live here for the free throw shoot. First of all, I know Rutgers basketball would not be in that tournament because uh, uh, you know, that would be horrific. That's uh, It's the, like something that you do within a sport, but it's not a sport. Is like yeah. running a sport? Well, so is is uh, uh, is is cornhole a sport it's segway 101 that's right this i'm better than chris in every sport if you give me two weeks is sponsored by cornholelevel.com that's right guys you got to get this gadget it's good for the kids listen you hook this thing on to your cornhole level you move it to and fro and up and around and back it levels it perfectly with the little ball uh, the war the bubble in the middle it's an awesome gift it's 1995 cornholelevel.com uh, which was engineered and made by my friend Mike Caprio my second baseman my second second baseman at Corona uh, softball and this thing is great gift it's 1995 20% off if you use JP show or chop sports and um this thing is cool man you got to put it in and he's going to be there another segue uh this weekend at Merrill Park, New Jersey, which I believe is in Island slash Colonia, where Chop Sports, I don't know what Doug's doing. What are you doing Sunday? We're work. having, what are you doing? Lots of work, lots of work. Okay, it's work. <laughs> so some people got to work, I guess. We're having a huge extravaganza at Merrill Park, Chop Sports. All our vendors are going to be there family, friends, the kids. I'm bringing my daughter to downtown Island, Merrill Park, which I used to go to as a kid. Matter of fact, I think there used to be a, a horse there that was old yeah. when I was eight. Um, and I Kate, think the horse just died. The, the, like the horse ago. was blind, and then her name was Katie. It was blind. And the horse, it, 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 like you tried to feed it, the horse looked at you like. You know how many generations of Woodbridge Township kids have fed that that horse carrots? Probably like that horse has been around right. when you were a kid. My niece, uh, no doubt, used to go to that park Unless and feed. Got- but you know what though? I say it was around when I was a kid. But you know what might have happened? Some guy, some guy working that little. By the way, I call it a zoo. There was eight chickens, a horse, and some kind of animal. You didn't really know what it was. And I think there was even like a hole in the fence. So the chickens like really weren't like in prison. They just like, they were free to roam the cabin. Uh, But when you're little, I brought my daughter there, feed the things through. Uh, There might've been one goat. If I mean, the only way I could compare it to would be, uh, uh, when you go to the county uh, fair, RJ's, RJ's, uh, uh, strip club. (laughs) Uh, in Colonia there, which is by far the worst strip club known to man. Is that um, even literally damn remember that place? I There'd do be one girl in there. You go in there during the day, she would be the bartender and she would ask you if you guys wanted a beer, and then she would and like she also did security. On. Yeah, it was like she checked IDs and she went over to the jukebox and she like she looked like some like you know, 50-year-old mom who just owns the building or something. Then she would get on the stage and take her shirt off and like she would just grab her boob, like, hey, guys. And we would be like, come on down. Come on down. Like, it's okay. It's okay. We just want to drink. That's all we want. And there were like $2 ice cold buds in there. Um, but that's the kind of zoo. I'm making a comparison to RJ's and a zoo. Somebody's driving off the road. The fact that I just said RJ's. Um, the, uh, uh, 
But the zoo at Merrill Park is classic. As a matter of fact, I mean, everybody who grew up in that area remembers it. It literally was a horrible thing. But it's still there. But it's going to be right across the street from there. Chop Sports Extravaganza. And um, we got all kinds of uh, cornholelevel.com guys are going to be there. And we're going to have... We're gonna be doing that and burgers. Yeah, we have a dogs. little a little bit of like a an event situation set up where we're gonna go through some of the activities, whether it be cornhole. There's a a little beer pong with spackle buckets and tennis balls. So little long distance beer pong. There's a there's a quarterback game. So we'll have I a little event, that. and I'll get to put. You could put all this shit to the test. You said that you could beat me in all these things, or you're gonna have a chance. So listen, but if I'm with my daughter and I'm having quality parent time. I will choose whether or not I will compete because this is yeah, not of a, course, of course built, it's just a built-in excuse, but I'm sure your daughter it's, would love no to see it. Excuses. If I'm going to play cornhole, it's got to be official. I don't want no ragtag team there. And I'll make sure my cornholelevel.com people are there. Uh, but you got to come have, out. You could, you could have Mr. Cornhole himself as your teammate. You know what? See that? Well, I, I will because he probably stinks too and he invented the thing. Um but I, I've not been in proper training for cornhole, but even I'll be fine. All you do is throw that thing towards the hole. But people that say they're good in that, that's really that's, – that's like someone saying I'm good at podcasting. Just talk, asshole. That's what I do on the show. <laughs> Throwing myself under the bus here with my four listeners here. Um, what does that thing say? Track is a, a track is a sport. No, we're not playing – we're not doing track. God forbid. You could beat me in track, but I could cover you in touch football very easily. Play a little deep. You don't think so, do you? Jimmy, you're talking yeah. crazy right now. You Listen, you're 40 now, and you're fat, You're talking too. crazy right now. Dude, you act like you're so fast. You, Jimmy, you're, you're 57. That's it, but I know how to play. I know angles. You're crazy. I know how to cover. You're out of your mind. You will be left in a really bad place. If, if I'll be like I, I don't 36 want you to... Mark Haynes. All right, gonna, well, like I do, said. The fake, the fake short and go long? You think I'm going to... Are you going to do the burst off the line? I'll Whatever you decide, I'll Your do. Your quarterback stinks. You're not, who's throwing with your ball? Aaron Rodgers? No. It's probably going to be Dave. He stinks. He'll throw it short, and I'll pick it up. Take it to the house, too. <laughs> and you're not going to have this one. We could talk, 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 but we'll be there We'll we'll be there on Sunday, Jimmy. If, you, if anybody there thinks I'm playing touch football on Sunday, you're in for a rude awakening. I'll be having a yeah. couple of beers, relaxing with my child, having a good time. Another thing that came up. Uh, so that's it. Golf out and go to chop sports. Jimmy, the uh, DB now. You're you're a DB. Lockdown you corner. You think you're fast. You think you're lockdown fast. Lockdown corner. Stick. Jimmy Paul the lockdown corner. Let me tell you what it is. You still think you're good in sports. I've already gone through it, and now I realize that I am still. I'm not the one. I'm you, not the one making bold claims. No, right but now. you think you're still 20. See, I think I'm like 48. You understand me? So I'm only I'm only taking them nine years. You think you're like kid in high school playing basketball in front of my house? Um, <laughs> so why don't we just have a why don't we have like an MMA brawl? That's what we should do, bro. That would be awesome. Everybody just fights, and starts throwing at each other, and the cops come. That's, I have you know to put on I have to put on fifty five pounds to be in your weight class because wait, what are you two ninety nine now? I'll be much heavier. I'll be clawing. Hmm. I'll be punching in the back of the head a little bit, and the Mexico you're gonna, you're gonna be judge, going up against the sauce. I'll be using the whole ring too. I'll go twelve rounds. Um, they even have fifteen rounds anymore. They got rid of that. No, that's that's been gone. It's it's gone. Like no one does it ever. No, that's crazy. 
See, little things about the sport you didn't know. But anyway, all right, so that's it. Go to Merrill Park this Sunday. Go to chopsportsmedia.com. Send an email. Say you're going to come or just show up, and uh, and we're going to have a good time. Everybody's going to be able to network and meet people and the Facebook groups and um, the many Jimmy Palumbo show, the liaisons, my, my niece, who's a uh, intern there, um, Getting involved, I think my cousin Joey's going to be there. My sister, my kids, going to be a Palumbo outing here at Shea. Uh, so check that out. It's fine. I can't believe it's here. I feel like we've been talking about this for three months, and now it's in like six days. The world's flying by. All right. Well, another weird thing happened this week. Uh, it's the 20th anniversary of a film I did called Kissing Jessica Stein. Did you see the movie, Chris? No, but we did um... – we did. I remember the the episode in our early goings where we talked about the booking. Right. I um. Yeah. I, I'll I'll re I'll recap. Listen, the movie Kissing Jessica Stein was the first movie I was really in. Uh, it stars Heather Jurgensen and Jennifer Westfeld. It was directed by Charles Charles Herman Wormfeld, at Wormfeld. Excuse me. And um, uh, listen, at the time it was just I saw the play. It was called Lipstick. Me and Artie. And I was sitting there, and, um, and and Heather and Jen are beautiful. And uh, next thing you know, they start sucking face like a half hour. <laughs> and uh, one of Artie's friends just yelled out, decent. But uh, we were like, whoa, what is this? And then it became a movie, and they needed a scene. It's the only scene in the movie where the two girls actually uh, like flirt with two guys. Although they're not flirting. They're flirting with themselves. And we think they're flirting with us because they're talking about it some sexual stuff or had one getting hit on him and stuff like that. Me and my buddy, Tom Bolster in the scene. And uh, so we shot it. But the funny thing, the story is a couple of stories by number one, we were supposed to shoot on a Monday. So I go out in Hoboken on a Saturday night and uh, I'm at that uh, Irish pub, McGill McGillicuddy's where they have bands. I forget the name of it. Um, and uh, I'm having a good time. And uh, all of a sudden my phone's ringing, you know, and I, I'm, I hear girls yelling, Jimmy, Jimmy. And I'm like, come to the bar. We're at the one thing. It's one of the girls from the shore house. I just kept on saying, come to the bar. Everybody's here. It was like 30 of us there. And uh, phone's ringing again. Jimmy, I hear Jimmy. I'm like, we're at the bar. You know, I'm screaming the name of the bar. I figured they couldn't hear. Music was loud. So next thing you know, the phone rang like five times. I'm like, what the hell? Who's calling? I don't know. The number it wasn't a family member. So I go into the stall. And I listened to the eight messages left on my phone. And they're like, Jimmy, we can't shoot on Monday. We have to shoot tomorrow morning, 7 a.m. That was like 1 o'clock in the morning. I'm in Hoboken. I got to drive 45 minutes home. I got to get get geared. I showed up to the set completely hungover. Um, the good thing is they didn't need me right away, so I slept on this little uh, – on this little bench they had in the, in the holding area. I got some, I slept on a, I rolled up a daily news Sunday edition. That, that was my pillow. And I slept like a baby. Then we did the scene. It was fun to do. And then I forgot about you. I made a day's pay. And listen, I do a lot of these TV shows and films, <laughs> hey, a bunch of lines, whatever. And then you go home and yeah, I'm not involved in a production at all. And uh, so next thing, you know, in my mind, the movie was called lipstick cut to, I don't know, a year later, a year and a half later. I don't know the timeline. A friend of mine calls me up says, Jimmy, where were you at the premiere? I said, the premiere of what? The premiere of Kissing Jessica Stein. You were in the movie. And I'm like, I'm in the movie. No, I didn't do a movie called Kissing Jessica Stein. What are you talking about? He goes, no, I saw you in the scene with Tom Bolster. I'm like, wait a minute, lipstick? They go, yeah. I go, well, where was it? Oh, it's at the director's uh, guild, DGA, big film uh, uh, screen. 
I'm like, they're like, they have another screening tonight. I'm like, wait a minute. I've never seen myself on the big screen in a movie theater. It's nuts. Call up my buddy Anthony who produced Beer League. We shoot over there that night, Saturday night. I'm, I'm like, I don't even know where the scene is. I forget, I forget everything. Next thing you know, my fat ass is up on the screen. I just went like, whoa. I mean, listen, I don't care. Every actor out there, when you first see yourself, seeing yourself on TV, that was Spin City in 95. That was cool. But when you see yourself in a theater on a huge screen where like your body is like 11 inch, like you're like, you're like, you're like a big thing on the screen. I, to me, it could have been 1935. Like, you know, I'm doing big pictures now, you know, with, uh, you know, with Gregory Peck. I was like, this is awesome. You know, the movie was very, very good. And then uh, I, uh, uh, I, I was like so psyched about it. And the next thing you know, you don't hear anything. No internet back then like it is now. I got in touch with Jen and Heather and said, oh my God, thank you so much, blah, blah, blah. And it was a cool scene because they're really flirting with each other, but we think they're flirting with us uh, in a weird, like, sensual way. And uh, Heather told me that it made Entertainment Weekly's, like, top 20 sexiest scenes of, of all time or, or that year or that decade. I don't even know what it is. But I'm like, how come I never got typical? One of my scenes was in a thing called Top Sexiest Scene, and I never get notification. (laughs) Fat boy Jimmy Palumbo getting involved with sexy scenes here, Um, even though they're touching their legs under the table and all that stuff. But then it gets worse. I mean, it gets better, Uh, but like funny worse. Um, A year later, I guess when the movie came out, they ran it. uh, The new Star Trek was coming out. Okay, which I think was a huge hit. They ran the trailer for Kissing Jessica Stein during all the Star Treks nationwide. Okay, but here's the crazy thing. I didn't think I was going to make the trailer. I'm in one really cool scene. They used they used my one split second line in the trailer. Now, listen, every actor out there is when you make the trailer, it is huge. I always thought I was a little bit down. Especially in the Star Wars, a Star Wars movie getting played. Star Trek. Star Trek. Star Trek. Was, either way, fine. That's but more, people, more people saw that trailer <laughs> than saw the movie. Oh, 100%. And, uh, by a lot. The, uh, oh, by a lot. Yeah. So I was like, um, I was like, oh, my God. I, I, so, of course, I had to go see. I had to, I, what do you think I did? I had to go see Star Trek. And uh, I sat through. You know, just to, I got there early to watch the first time in my life. I went to the movies to actually watch the, uh, watch the trailer. But it was really cool. And then the movie actually it was a low, the movie was under a million dollar budget. And uh, the movie actually did eight million at the box office, which back then for an independent feature, that's unbelievable. And I think it was like the considered the darling of the independent films until uh, a very small movie called My Big Fat Greek Wedding came out and did seven thousand million at the box office. But um but Kissing Jessica Stein was well-reviewed. The acting was great. The whole thing was awesome. And it did really well on DVD. And I know it does really well on stream because sometimes people ask me, what movies have you done? And I say, uh, you know, I've done this. And I say, Kissing Jessica Stein. And everybody goes like, really? I love that movie. Um, I especially love the relationship with the mom. Uh, Tova Felcher played the Jennifer Westfield's mom in the movie. And even though it is about, uh, you know, lesbian stuff, it's really more, more about, it's more about, I think who you are as a person than it is that kind of thing. Um, so, uh, and who doesn't want to see Heather and Jen suck face? If they're listening, they'll get a kick out of that. But so yeah, kissing Jessica Stein, getting involved here 20 years ago. I can't believe it's been 20 years. God, am I getting old? Um, 
And a shout out to Charles Herman Wormfeld for casting me in the damn thing. And he thought it was one of, one of his favorite scenes in the movie. So that's kind of cool. So that's it. Kissing Jessica Stein. God bless America. 20 years. Um, Peaky Blinders. Season six. Did you finish it? I, I'm on the last episode, but I was thinking about this anyway. We can't talk about it. We, we can't. No, we can't talk, talk about, about the it. we can't talk about the ending anyway on the show. So as I was sitting there, I was like kind of nodding out as I'm watching it. And I'm like, I'm gonna I'm trying to fight this, but then I was like, you know what? I have to talk to Jimmy about this because there's definitely gonna be people that we're gonna intrigue to watch this show. So we can't really talk about them. what happens I'm at the end anyway. I just started it. Uh, season six? No. Oh, the beginning. All right. Yeah, all right. <laughs> you got to well, be careful. Just, we can talk about what we right, think about right. it, but we have to okay. tread lightly okay. because I'm it's, not going to give plot points. Um, it was a little confusing to me uh, at the end, but I'll leave you at that. But they're going to make a movie. So you, anybody who knows, they're going to make a movie. So this is not the end of the of the. I, um, I think I'm, I've come up with consumption uh, from the people. Okay, you're coughing like. In the last three days. I have to apologize to the viewers because I just can't stop. I have like a respiratory infection on the antibiotics, though. Okay, well, I hope so hopefully it's cleared up before I embarrass you on Sunday and all these. You're events. not gonna embarrass me. Listen, I'm one of the best. Uh, first of all, it's at a barbecue, which I'm more suited for anyway. I got my ruddy skin. Uh, what's the weather report? Last I heard, it was seventy percent chance of being nice. Yeah, it's actually now up to – there's no rain in the forecast anymore. So a day later, and it kind of moved it's on. It's a perfect but, day here. But, you know, I'm sure it'll creep its way back into the forecast at the very least. We'll okay. see how it plays well, out. Listen, I'm confident. Get, I feel good about it. Let's get back to Peaky for a second. I thought uh, I thought the first couple episodes, three, four, five episodes, were um, – uh, I, I, I was like, ah, oh, man, I'm not digging this season. But it definitely kicked in. The last three or four really kicked in, which I was excited. There's only six, I think. No, maybe it was ten. Um, the last three or four got really hot. Uh, and I'm looking forward to the movie when it comes out. Um, they did some creative things. You know, uh, obviously the actor, one of the actresses died in real life, so they had to cover that up. They did a great job of that. Uh, it's just a great show. The performances or the, the, the cinematography on that show has got to be the top it's i think i think when you're we're talking about a show that's been as popular as this and and to the point of what you're talking about in the first couple episodes it's a little bit it drags on a little bit but you really have a, to be careful because it's not necessarily about keeping people reeled in or getting people to watch the show anymore you know you have a responsibility right. to tie things up well, and no, i think up to this point i think they're doing a decent job of that well listen, i haven't watched if, the if end yet if you have a you know, ADHD or ADD or something, and you like fast moving, quick plot point shows, Peaky Blonde, you're going to hate it because it's, and Sopranos did the same thing. It's just a different, different. Uh, but I will uh, say though, it's only six episodes per season. So it's, they do. Right. But, but, but the show has, what I loved about the first two or three seasons, you never knew where the show was going. You yeah. know how powerful the men were in the show. You know, you're a fucking Shelby. And the Peaky Blinders, but like you didn't know. So every show you were like literally, it's probably one of the only shows that I didn't really doze off for. You know, when you start, you know, when you start too late at night streaming a show, that's the one show. And I love the fact that they used, I hated it in the beginning when they used modern rock music kind of to go with the 1800, was 1800? Or no, excuse me. Yeah. Yeah. Um, 1800, what does matter to me? Uh, the uh, I love that they use like the modern rock and it just worked. 
Um, the performances were great. I uh, love the show. Um, so listen, the other thing we, I, I discussed a little bit with, uh, Dave last week, the movie hustle with Adam Sandler. I loved it. I thought it was fun. I thought it was loose. Um, the funny thing is for me, uh, I, 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 as I said last week, I, I don't really like any of the Adam Sandler movies at all. I was a little bit, I was older. I missed that gender. I think if you were 15, when the movies come out or 13, you loved them for me, I didn't really like it, but I think he's done some awesome work. I, think I enjoyed Adam Sandler. Un- has some staying power. Like he's, he's Me really too. good. A lot of the things that he did himself. Now, when, when you say wrote, staying power, let, let's hang on a second. You know, he makes $400 million a year. But the point uh, that you're, what you're I'm saying is like, what, not what you're saying is you never really get, thought he was that good. I think that he always was that good. He had staying power. Then his movies are really like the things that he puts his hands on are usually really successful. And there's like, I, I was never really the biggest Adam Sandler fan because I thought sometimes the comedy was annoying, but I also yeah. understood no, why listen, everyone loved him. So listen, I, I'm I'm in the business 31 years. I, anybody, listen, I I'm the one who sucks. Who am I? I think Adam what he was able just, to do in terms of kind of turning the corner, I feel like a lot of comedic actors have a hard time getting taken serious, and I think that Bill Murray kind of right. faced that, and you see that with Adam Sandler, he turned the corner. People were talking him. No, he he. I can't, I, you know what? I hate to say it. Like the next time Adam Sandler comes out with a movie that's, um, uh, you know, not a, a full blown comedy. Uh, I, I I'm going to be like, I want to go see it. I, um, I thought the movie was good. The funny thing is there's two things. I met Adam Sandler. Uh, and I don't think I talked about this. Late. If I did, I'm going to repeat myself. Cause I don't care. Uh, it's my show. I can do whatever I want. Um, my cousin Patrick, I don't know, he was he was living in Virginia. He was just looking to get out. He had to get out of the house. You know, one of those, when you're in your early 20s, you're like, I got a little visit my cousin Jimmy. You know? So his dad said, all right, you need to get out of the house. And, you know, not to find himself, but he just wanted to, you know, blow out and have some fun. So how about this? Okay. I pick him up at the airport at like 8 o'clock at night. Okay. he This kid is a huge Adam Sandler fan. This is like 20 years ago. Uh, 20 years, 20 years ago. And um, I pick him up. I get a phone call from Artie that Adam Sandler's having a party and meet us at, and he had met my cousin once before. So literally I was dressed for it. I pick up my cousin, Patrick. I put his suitcase in. I said, Hey Pat, welcome to LA. First time. I said, listen, feel like going to an Adam Sandler party. So as we're driving there, I'm showing him the lights of LA and everything. And I'm saying to him, I'm like, uh, I go, listen, this might be a day uh, Adam Sandler party, but you're never going to get to see him. He already left. You know, you go to those parties and it's like, you know, it's like the chop sports party on Sunday. You probably, no one's going to be able to get to see Chris or Dave. Uh, I'm being facetious back to the spelling bee. So we, so he's in LA for a total of 27 minutes. We walk into this party. Our names were on the list. Like that never happens. Already made sure our names were on the list. We walk in and literally the first person we met at the door was Adam Sandler, like, greeting us. And uh, I said, hey, how you doing? And he's like, I have some friends with Artie. And Artie walked over. He's like, Artie, he's your friend. Yes, my buddy Jimmy, his cousin. And I thought Adam Sandler was going to be like, oh, yeah, how you doing? Like, whatever. I don't need. He was like, hey, guys, going on? Listen, food's over there. I got beers over there. He was like, it was like being in his house. He couldn't have been. He literally, uh, my cousin Patrick, hey, Adam, big fan. My first time in L.A. He was like, no way. First time in L.A. Oh, my God. I was even joking around. So, hey, you know, it was like this cool, exactly how you should be. He realized my you know, cousin was, first, you know, a fan and, and a young kid. I was like 35 at the time or something like that, 37. And it was like, 
it was like perfect. Then we go over. So I'm laughing. I'm like, I said, Pat, not bad for being in LA. You mean, and in the room, of course, there was like Norm McDonald was there. And then next thing you know, David Spade walks in. So I'm laughing. I'm going, and these are all my, uh, my cousin was a big fan of these guys. And so, so am I, I guess. But um, so next thing you know, we end up at a Mexican restaurant like late at night, one of those hot Mexican restaurants. There's girls all over the place. We're at a private table, and it's me, Artie, David Spade, Norm McDonald, and my cousin Patrick from Richmond, Virginia. <laughs> so we're sitting there, and there are Bronzel, and David Spade was in his element, calling models over. I forget, there was stars were coming up to the table. You know when you see a star, a girl, you're not sure who it is. She was probably on some hit show that I wasn't watching or on some Disney channel knowing Spade. And it was like all these people were coming up and it was like, um, so literally we get, finally I have to bring the nights over. I have to bring them back to my, uh, where I was staying. And I'm like, hey, Pat, that's, that that wasn't a bad four hours in LA. <laughs> you met like 30 stars. But Adam Sandler couldn't have been nicer. So I always had a soft spot for him after that. And I thought he was really good in this movie. And I thought the movie was like light, fair, enjoyable. And no, you know, it was just like a nice movie to watch. Kind of showed you the, the inner work of the NBA. Was that? You ever see the movie Draft Day with Kevin Costner about the NFL draft? No, I don't think I saw that. See, I, I, I've I seen it. I'm not really a big fan of that movie because I think Kevin Costner overdid it. And I'm not here to critique uh, Kevin Costner, obviously. But the... um. I just think the the Adam Sandler approach and like his connection to the NBA and the sport of basketball played so much better because it was a similar concept, but just the the way that he knows the players and he has that relationship, right. they really took to it as well. Like the on court scenes were really good as opposed yeah, to where you try and, and make NFL well, I, football, it's really bad. But what I really like, first of all, the two things: it's much harder to uh, film, I think, a football game than a basketball game. But they made basketball the actual games, not part of the plot, <coughs> only in a slight way. Um, it also sh showed the inner workings of the NBA, how they have scouts that, like, if if some NBA scout gets word that there's some kid in Zimbabwe that's nine foot six, uh, eleven teams are sending a guy on a four day voyage with no food and water or anything. It's like, where is he? Here's the checkbook. Go get him. Watch him play for five minutes. And they showed that also I thought Adam Sandler had a lot of funny one-liners under his breath, which you got to see his comedic side, you know, the old Adam Sandler come out. Um, and uh, it was just a, a cute, nice little movie. You know, it's like, it was good, clean fun, but here's the best part for me. And I told this to Dave, all those NBA players that were in different court scenes. I knew some of them, you know, the big one, like, you know, um, uh, uh, What's his name? Uh, Rivers and and uh, so many older players that were there in the movie as cameos, Shaq and stuff like that. But there was a lot of modern players playing on the court. And of course, you probably know them all. But I, at the end of the, I'm watching the credits, and all of a sudden I see himself playing himself, playing himself, and I'm like, <laughs> like oh my god! I had to go back and get like my remote. Yeah, out. they I'm had like, a lot. They had they had a lot. So when they were trying to emulate. NBA style of play. It wasn't the extras in this case were right. at were NBA players, which is I think really it's added really, the element. Obviously, cool. if you put cool together thing. NFL players on a football field and you said, "Go ahead, play a scrimmage real quick," and you filmed it, you would have a much better chance at emulating a real NFL game. Uh, I, uh, I, I, it's very well. You know, we we discussed it last week, so I don't go crazy on it. But I wanted to tell you that Adam Sandler story, which I don't, can't believe I forgot to tell last week. So I would recommend that. The other thing is, I watched a movie yesterday. Um, which is, uh, let me show my sensitive side now here at Shay. 
Um, good luck to you, uh, Leo Grand, with Emma Thompson about this 60-year-old woman, 65 maybe, uh, whose husband died and she wants to, she hires a prostitute to sleep with her because she wants experience, uh, you know, that kind of thing. So it sounds like a movie I wouldn't watch, but uh, Emma Thompson just is like a young Steph Curry. She just hit three. This movie, she's unbelievable in this movie. A very awkward, uh, um, it covered very awkward moments. In life. I, I just thought it was pretty good. I, she might have a chance to get nominated for the Academy Award. Uh, go check it out. I don't really want to review it because it's like, I watched it going like, wow, the, the balls on these, the balls on Emma Thompson, the balls on the producer and director to do a movie like this. Uh, I give it's one of those movies you got to have balls. Steve. Someone had to pitch this movie in a, in, in a shitty office in Hollywood somewhere, and then they had to go up to Emma Thompson because she probably wasn't attached from the very beginning and say, Hey, do you want to actually uh, borderline get naked and show yourself having to? I mean, that's like I, I was thinking to myself, I don't think anybody wants to see Johnny Trino getting involved. Um, so uh, it's, I recommend it though, it's a pretty cool movie. Uh, what else do we got here? Um, I'm also watching The Offer, the mob thing on The Godfather, uh, which is on Hulu, which is cool. Uh, and not on Hulu, which is on Netflix. And, um, or you know what? I don't even know anymore. To me, Netflix, Amazon, Hulu, I have no idea where the hell they're damn. Maybe it's on Paramount for all I know. It no, it's definitely on Paramount because it's The Godfather part of Paramount. Uh, but I'm also reading a book called Take the, um, Take the, Leave the Gun, Take the Cannolis. Um, about the making of The Godfather. And, dude, there's some wild stuff about that movie. Uh, I'm not sure if you're a Godfather guy. You're a little younger. I mean, it was a bigger yeah, I mean, deal. Like, I've, seen them, watched, I've seen them, but I'm not I'm not this avid Godfather fan. Okay. It's a really it's cool. Uh, it's all about the deal-making and offer and how they got it made with the real mob and stuff. So I'm enjoying that show as well. Um, what else we got here? Uh, I'm definitely going to uh, – less. I, more on my Patreon will be announced this week, hopefully uh, by Friday. I have a uh, when we're done here. I have a, a five minute a corporate meeting here uh, with with Doug to go over what we're going to do the rest of the week. We do have something very exciting that's going to go on, but I'm not going to tell you. I'm not going to tell Chris or Dave. Or the only people know right now are me and Doug because it's in the infant. Uh, in, why do you say that? Infant, infant stages. Infant stages. But I know Chris is going to love it, and Dave will love it even more. Um, we're really excited about uh, getting that going. Also, don't forget, September 11th at the Osprey, New Jersey, the Southern Cross Band reunion. Awesome regional uh, Southern rock band with the Pruitt Brothers and uh, Michael Tiny Dykes. And uh, Gary Ross is coming back uh, to the Osprey for a big show on a Sunday, September 11th. It should be a blast. Um uh, and that's about it, really, for our show. Um, Chris, you're pumped up for the weekend, I'm sure. Yeah, got a lot of work to do and from now until then, but you know, it's going to be a good time. I think when it's all said and done, you put together good people, some beer, some food, and a little bit of good weather, and there's not really nothing could go wrong. I think it's going to be a really good time. Looking forward to everybody coming out there. And for those that can't make it, there's always next year because we will be doing this again. It's going to be an annual I'm thing. Sure. And we and we're going to do uh, – uh, maybe we'll do some kind of winter event as well. But uh, don't – and also uh, CornholeLevel.com guys will be there as well as Janine from Absolute Iowa will be there. You can actually meet the woman in flesh, and she can tell you if you can't see. Um, I'm going to – you know what I'm going to bring? I'm going to bring fine Pika Elite print 
And every time Janine's talking to you, I'm going to hold it up and say, hey, Chris, read this so you, you won't be able to see anything. And, she, and she's going to be like, you know what? I think what I'm going to do is make you – maybe I'm going to do – I think I'm going to sponsor your – maybe we should do this, cross-promotion. I'm going to sponsor you going to Janine's shop and getting glasses. I'll even pay for the glasses. Uh, if not, I'll get my brother to pay for them. And I, <laughs> so I will, I will, I will, you can't make me I laugh because of this chest thing. And that's like I the third time you've cold. got me this episode. Uh, but uh, I will, uh, maybe we do, we'll do a whole uh, Instagram post on, we'll call it Chris Can't See. And then Janine will make you see. It'll be like, a, I'll walk we'll in with play Ray know. Charles music in the background. And uh, it'll be great. So, anybody, that's it. That's our show. We ran a little late. We came in a little late. Hopefully the show will drop tomorrow if Doug does his job and Chris does his job. And uh, that's it. We'll see you, everybody. God bless. And NBA draft coming up this Thursday. And the see Knicks you guys will Sunday. Merrill Park. We'll see Sunday. You. Where have you come from? Where have you gone?